Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Robbie with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And you're listening to The Drop, our weekly podcast about Robbie quitting running. <laughs> yeah. It's, we're back. <laughs> it's, what's crazy, it's recycling. <laughs> what's crazy is that we recorded the last podcast mm, two weeks ago, I think, because mm-hmm. we had a, Brandon was gone on vacation. And then since then, it's been like a full <laughs> circle of events. <laughs> like you got back into running and back out of running. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm back, feeling good, feeling, you know, running again. And then now I'm back to where the other podcast was. <laughs> There's a whole life, oh, the we, circle of life. We, how missed, boring. we missed the good part. We missed how, the week of good. Yeah. How boring would it be, though, if Robbie just had smooth sailing? Um, yeah, it was. I felt like the podcast was getting lame there. Yeah, for, like, yeah, for sure. Here's so no lame. workouts. <laughs> yeah. I hit all my splits. Yeah. But um, actually, no, this is the podcast about all things running and, of course, our side alleys of tangents that we run down and uh, bring you back. But it seems like from the audience, people don't mind. So we're going to keep just having that free flow of ideas. Yeah. And if you are listening to this, make sure you like, or I'm sorry, give this a rating and leave, leave a review if you can. Oh, be we so always nice. forget to say that. So I was like, I just remembered it right now. So I'm, I was like, I'm going to say it right Solid. now. This Solid. is what happens when you quit drinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the brain starts working. Dude, it actually is true, though. I know. My memory and um, like forgetfulness levels have drastically improved. But that's the thing. Like when you talk <sighs> about it's wild. When, when you talk about having these little uh, coincidences where you think of something and then it it happens or yeah those i feel like when you are in tune that that stuff does happen i think that it, yeah it's oh, yeah. a correlation to um clarity of mind what's that book wasn't there a, a book about that a while the secret ago? yeah isn't that what it's called the <laughs> i don't know it i is. was kidding but no that, that actually uh, is the okay. book it's like the law of attraction all right which is like but you know that's really trending with the Generation Z right now the on TikTok. They're like oh, manifestation, really? and they're like, "I'm going to manifest someone else paying my BG and E bill." Dude, there's really nothing new under the sun. Like yeah. that is the same cycle. Yeah, but how have they figured out how to be lazier in the process? <laughs> that is a good question. Actually, I was, I was watching something uh, online. I forget what I was scrolling through Instagram, but the guy was talking about everybody's worried about George Orwell's 1984 happening. Mm-hmm. You know, with this overlord government yeah. and, and all Sorry. that. He goes, if you actually read Brave New World, that is actually closer to what's happening. He goes, you make these little changes and you don't think they're bad. Oh, yeah. Because you think they're helpful, like genetic, you yeah. know, making genetics cleaner, making this. And then you find out that you've destroyed everything. Yeah. That's interesting. I've, I can never finish Brave New World. I started that book probably like six times and just never could get into it. I challenge but, you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how else are we going to get reviews like the Tracksmith with all these literary yeah. comments? <laughs> yeah. I, I I have read 1984 though. That's a good one. Um, Animal Farm. You know, yeah, I'm I'm a huge Kurt Vonnegut fan. He's I little... I read it. That's probably between Kurt Vonnegut and Ken Follett and um, like uh, Brian Herbert or I forget Brian's his son. The one who wrote all the Dune books. I read all, oh. like a long time ago, read yeah. all the Dune books and then the, went back and read all the, like the house books and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But uh, Kurt Vonnegut was one of my favorites, but I, I, I had to stop reading. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's there for a certain phase of your life. Yeah. And then you kind of move on. But Also um, depression starts cracking <laughs> in. Yeah. Um, but anyways, 
So we can get back. That was our literary segment, uh, book <laughs> recommendations. Yeah. Um, are you reading any books right now or list audio books right now? I, I, that's the question. I uh, know. Yeah, no, that's uh, a good one. Cause I do, I am an audio. I prefer the audio book. Um, I just downloaded, but I haven't started listening to it yet is David Goggins new book. Oh yeah. And here's what I think. I think, yes, it's overdose. You can't live like David Goggins. Yeah. It's not normal, but I do get pumped up with the, uh, like that. No excuses. no, Kind of like like discipline, yeah. Like of. driving, even if I don't follow it to the level where David Goggins might go, I feel pumped up and I go, yeah. If I want to take things into my own hands, if I want to do stuff, you can. It's up to you. Yeah. It's just how much of it you want to do. Yeah, and I think his life is an extreme for sure. And I do always think it is an inspiration in some ways, but I'm also know in the same way that people who are completely obsessed with running or other things triathlons whatever you there's other parts of your life that are being neglected oh like, no i think he'll, and then no one talks about he'll this. be the first one to tell you that <laughs> i think he'll actually tell you that i mean the guy's been married a few times right, right. and can you imagine being married to david goggins <laughs> just like getting ice Dude. ice water poured in your face <laughs> at 3 a.m actually you know laura green should do that as a skit like yeah. being married to david oh, goggins that's actually a good one would be a good skit yeah Pitch that one. All yeah. Right. She's listening. Stay hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I also downloaded, and I haven't listened to, um, what's the one with the prince? Or he's no longer a prince. Prince Harry? Yeah. Oh, the the one that's a bestseller right now? I get, you know, I feel bad even doing it because I feel like it's voyeuristic. Wait, it's got and, a good title. It's called like. Spare. Yeah. Oh. Or something like that. Um, I, I feel bad, but I'm, I, I am kind of fascinated with. Yeah, you're right. It is that. With the uh, royal family. Like, uh, it, oh, wow. I never knew that about you. You're, it, not, you're not interested in them at all? I have zero interest in the royal family. What? It's, it's always like weird to me when I hear people that, that are into it. I just I don't think even it, know what... I, I don't even know what happens there. Here's, here's why I'm interested in it. That's why it's fascinating. <laughs> and this has to do I with running... So. We'll tie this into so. the London Marathon, I hope. But um, so it goes back... What I think is interesting... These people go back to like medieval times. Like they can trace everybody. Yeah, that is... In, that's interesting. Like they were... They've been... Like his grandmother was right around the time cars were being invented. You know, like when she... Yeah, was, she lived a long time, right? Yeah. Almost a hundred years. She the one that just died. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I call her Liz. But what does he call her? Lizzie. What does he call his grandma? I call her Lizzie Bruin. Berenstain <laughs> Bears fan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so for me, it's fascinating that how many families or people can trace their wealth, their history, their genealogy clearly back to medieval times. Yeah. I mean, with twenty three and me, I feel like that's a little more. Everybody's related to like Elvis in that thing. It's always weird <laughs> when people get stoked that they're related to somebody from 300 years ago. I'm like, that, trust me, that none of that is in your bloodstream. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody, nobody's ever calling you and be like, yeah, my grandfather was a crack addict back in the uh, yeah days of 90, answer. Yeah, 90% of your family tree. <laughs> he was a slave. <laughs> my grandfather was a slave. You know, yeah. nobody's saying that. They're all like, oh yeah, I'm related to Shakespeare. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, but anyways, so. That's cool. Are so, you reading any books, Megan? Not right now. No? Mm -mm. No training books. No this is books. odd because normally there's a stack. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm just a little tired these days. Okay. Just not yeah. Not reading. Yeah. 
I will tell you that I, Meg and I were talking about to tie this to, to running. We were talking about easy paces and stuff today because I was kind of like, my easy pace is, is getting very easy. And um, that's nice. It is. <laughs> but like, so. Oh, like, it it's not easy to run. Pace. It's just getting slower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay, maybe I'll, I can even to enjoy the slower pace, enjoy a, uh, the, an audio book or something. Listen to that. Yeah. No, that's good. I've never done the audiobook thing, so Me neither. I don't know. I listen to podcasts mostly through audio, but um, I read it on Kindle sometimes. I switch back and forth between. Are you reading something? I'm reading like two books right now. I read I'm reading Chuck Klosterman's The Nineties, which is cool because it's like reliving. Um, have you ever read any of his books? Mm. He he writes like I've never heard of. It's him. kind of like witty essays and deep dives into cultural stuff across sounds a broad, like range, like. broad range of subjects and things and uh yeah it's it's it really fun to read but what? it's all about the 90s and then i'm reading some sherlock holmes short stories i think the kindle is the worst of both the worst of both yeah so i love a paper book because you touch it and you feel it's tactile you can smell yeah the print all that stuff and then i like audiobook because it's got the convenience of being able to go everywhere with you mm-hmm. And you don't have to think about it. Yeah. And that's the the idea behind a Kindle is that you can have all your books in that one little spot, but then you got to actually read them. Yeah. What's the what's the hold up? The reading part. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but you can increase the font on that one. Okay, I'll have to try yeah, that. You can. You can make it. Like, okay. You'll be able to read it. Two inches tall. Okay, that's I amazing. think I need to get a Kindle. It, My God, I am fighting the vision thing so bad. I've seen you over there. Oh, He's sucks. looking at his phone like, it's like this now. You look, I need to give that jeweler's eye to you. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually just need to invest in a pair of readers or something. Yeah. Mm. Well, we did get an email from Warby Parker, so maybe you can get in on that. I, readers are one of those cheap things. Oh. I think you go to like... Oh, yeah, that's the, where the rack at Walgreens. Yeah. I always feel like they're almost too cheap. I Sometimes I want to buy them just because I feel like that's a good deal all the time. I know. And then you're like, just pop the lenses out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if anything, it'll make, you know, if you need a costume at some point, you can have glasses ready. I mean, the weird thing is both you and I do wear glasses. Mm-hmm. Obviously, right now we're both wearing contacts. But yours is pretty severe. You're, yeah. It's, you've got a crazy ass prescription. It's a negative eight and a half. Would you run without glasses on? <laughs> There's no way. Okay. Like, can you see your feet? <laughs> I don't think so. What? Yeah. I couldn't. If you were at the door, I wouldn't know who you were. Well, probably. Unless I could tell by probably by the outline. But so it's not like a super sense is taken over. So like your sense of smell, you'd be like, no, Megan's oh, over there. But speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, and we'll talk about all our running stuff like real quick in a second. But speaking of the, that, what you're talking about, sense, heightened sense of smell. Last Friday, um, so at the office, you guys had already gone. Jared, wife of Jared was still here working and, and annoying me. And, um, I w- but I went for like a walk. It was a nice day for outside at lunch. And I was walking, uh, I went up like, into like Broadway and Fells Point, so around here. And there was a, a blind guy like walking with his cane. And in the middle of the sidewalk was a bunch of just a bunch of stuff like planners. 
and I was waiting to see if he was really blind. So I was like, <laughs> if he, is he going to... Robbie Strong step out in front of him. Not really blind, but I mean like really, really blind. Yeah. Because, you know, some people still use a cane and they could see shapes. Like, yeah. Probably me. Um, and he did kind of like, he would run into it. So, I, like, it was... Like he was like, trying so he to get, was actually, blind. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to get around all this stuff. Cause he's just like right in the middle of the sidewalk. And, uh, so I was like, okay. And then we were coming up to an intersection. You know how in Baltimore, the intersections, none of the beeping yeah. signals work. I don't even, have you ever even heard one no. maybe twice? No. Yeah. And so I was nervous that you'd have to push him. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I was nervous. He was going to walk into the traffic. Cause I don't, I don't know how it works. And maybe that's, you know, I'm just, it's maybe that's a natural reaction. Maybe it's so, I, so I came up like we, he was stopped and I came up to him. And I was like, Hey, I was like, Hey man, just like, hold on a second. There's still cars coming. Cause it looked like he was about to step off the curb. And uh, he's like, oh, oh, thank you. And he's like, Hey, this is Eastern Avenue. Right. And I was like, yeah. Um, and he's like, and Wolf's down that way. And I said, yep. And he, and, uh, and he was like, is there construction going on here? which there was. And so the whole, um, like most of the sidewalk was closed. There's just like a small path. He's like, do you mind, do you mind helping me get through here? And so I was like, well, sure. And so did you also tie him a tie? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right. So he grabbed onto my arm. Here we are. This is like a Larry David situation, like walking (laughs) through down a couple blocks, just this, my new blind friend on my arm. (laughs) How far did you go? Uh, it was like two blocks, but then we kept. Then I was like, "This is my perfect opportunity to ask like, every question I ever want to ask about, you know, how how do you get places? Do all this stuff?" And so you learned he has a heightened sense of smell. So no, so here's what happened. Then he's, I said, "You know, what do you do for a living or whatever?" And he said he's a lawyer, and I, I was like, "Do I make the joke?" The daredevil. That, yeah. Do I make the joke that you're the real daredevil? And, but I think I didn't sneak it in there cause he kept talking and then it was like the moment had passed. And so, but I wanted to not because I didn't because, um, not because I thought it was offensive, but because, um, I was like, man, maybe he's heard that a million times. Yeah. That's what I would think. Yeah. If and you're so, a blind lawyer, <laughs> I couldn't decide whether or not to go for it. And then the moment passed, but I was thinking about that because here's the thing. When he said he comes to the intersections, first off, he only tries to go to intersections where it's just one way streets Mm -hmm. and then he can just hear you know and so i figured he must except for electric vehicles now oh yeah but they hopefully if it's a tesla it stops before it hits you that would be good but here's but can we clarify one thing for megan yeah because you just so the daredevil is a character from marvel that is a blind lawyer but he can kick ass because he has like all these other extrasensory. Yeah, stuff. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, for anyone who just, it's not like he's an actual character. He's not evil Knievel jumping Grand Canyon line. But um so <laughs> the best part about this story is that I'm talking to him about how he gets directions and oh we started talking about running shoes and asking for recommendations Ooh. or walking shoes. I'd recommend a hoka. And but we were at a we were at an intersection and i'm just talking my head off and he's like i think we can go now and i was like oh yeah it's it's red so the blind guy is telling, is you telling, telling me when to, cross. to cross the intersection 
Uh, very wow. good. Anyways, so yeah, he lives around the corner. So maybe, uh, uh, maybe you'll run into him. Again. Did you get so. his name? I did, but I forget. Oh, okay. of course. So yeah. not my forgetfulness isn't quite cured yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a wild time. That is wild. We have a shite ton to talk about today. Oh, yeah, let's get to running on on some of the running sides and stuff. Where do we want to start? Uh, I guess with grit, since it, that just wrapped up. Oh yesterday. yeah. I mean, that just wrapped up. But before it wrapped up. This past weekend, we had the Oregon Ridge Sufferfest, which was better than I could have ever hoped for, <laughs> and at the same time, a total disaster. But um, so it was perfect. It, it was, was great. It was insane because when when I got there, when we started, uh, we probably had you saw the picture. I don't know. What do you think? How many people were I in counted? There? I think it was like sixty. Okay, like sixty trail runners. Because we were doing this loop thing. It was from 8 a.m. in the morning till 4 p.m. at night. And we get there. We've done this at the same park two other years. It, we started this whole thing during COVID because there was no races. So we're like, let's get together. We can hang out in the parking lot so nobody's close to each other. Drink some beers, have some fun, do some trail miles. It's a four-mile loop. So if you do a loop and you want to hang out, you can. You can do five loops and hang out in between yeah and that was the basically the faster bastards yeah um we did that for and a couple years we figured we could incorporate it into uh grit because people are trying to get miles and what a great way to get miles have it supported and hanging out mm-hmm. good times so robbie you you didn't make it there right on time yeah there's another dumpster day in the neighborhood you know you can't miss those <laughs> I get a text message from Ron. Hey, there's a dumpster day, and uh, I got to help Kimmy get a, get a kitchen table into the dumpster. No injuries this time. No, none Good. this time. It's Good. all straightforward. But yeah, yeah. So I, I got there a little late. Last time, Robbie cut his leg open, and you can go back and listen to podcasts for that saga. Episode 100. <laughs> yeah, but uh, around there. yeah. So Robbie gets there a little late. So Jarrett and I have already taken off. Everybody, we we gave the. You know, Matt Kacharski helped set it up on the faster faster side, and. Uh, we gave a little speech about what to do. Jarrett and I took off a little bit after everybody else, but we're coming down. So we finished with our first loop. Which is what, four and a half miles? About. Yeah. yeah. And it was a beautiful day. Like January. Oh, very nice. It, it was like high 30s at the start. Average temperature was probably like 40 something mm-hmm. when we finished. But um, we come down and I see police cars and all the stuff that I had taken out of my car for everybody was packed back into my car. <laughs> and I was like, crap. So we've got two uh, cop cars and this little woman who was very upset that we were having an unauthorized event at this place, which is a public park. Right. I'm literally, I'm imagining Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter. Uh, you're not Pretty far close. off. Yeah. I knew it. Very upset. Uh, that we're doing this and the cops are like well they're not doing anything illegal and she's like well there's more than 10 people and they don't have a permit and he's like but they can park here because it's a public right. place and so we talked to the cops and the cops were like look but meanwhile some of the people that were there to run they got spooked and like I- i'm always surprised how little i shouldn't say little backbone but they're like people freak out at stuff and i'm like work around it so we talked to the cop yeah and he's like as long as you don't have open containers which i had brought koozies <laughs> and you 
drank them uh, through your through metamorphosis, right? Uh, and he's like, "You guys had a fire pit out. Don't do the fire pit." So we're like, "Fine." Yeah. The lady is like flipping out, and she's like, "No, no, no." They Did can't. you try to reason with her? I didn't talk to her because I don't talk to people like that. Like I'm just like, like I, I, I feel was, like you do talk to people like that. That is true. That I do. Uh, but I don't, but I feel like you do. I calmed the one lady down when we were on a run, but that was a different story. This lady, I could tell, like, she's arms folded, angry. She had already gotten into it with uh, one of the other faster bastards who kind of, like, tried to reason. So the cops are like, I don't know why we're here. You're not doing anything illegal. Nothing we can do. But at this time, every like, a bunch of people are leaving because oh, they're, really? they're freaked out because the cops are there and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, like the cops are are gonna arrest someone for trail running. Come so, on. Well, I, I went up to the cop. I said, "If I leave my car here, am I gonna get a ticket or anything?" Yeah, he's, he's like, "No." They're like, "Didn't they literally say we just want to go get coffee?" Yeah, they're like, I, "We didn't have to." I was like, "We've done this two years ago in a row. Like, what's the deal?" And he's like, "Yeah, during COVID, we didn't have to come out for calls like this." <laughs> yeah, he was all pissed off, but he was totally cool, and the the cops were really cool. Yeah. But the lady got all fired up, and so she went to the gate of the park. Yeah. She closed the gate and stood in front of it. So when cars were, like, coming up. That's what happened to me. She was telling them to go. Meanwhile, we told everybody there's another parking lot, which was a quarter mile away. Mm -hmm. We're like, just go park in the other parking lot. And she had no problem. So she just basically made us move to a different parking lot. Was that parking? Are those, like, managed by two different groups? That I don't know, but it's the same park. Did she work for the park? She worked. She was. Here's the problem. She's the events coordinator for the park. It was her day off, and I think someone called her and said, "Hey, I think because Asics put up a tent and yeah, probably a, didn't help." Yeah, things. so it was like I think there's an event going on in the parking lot. So she probably came down on her day off. Yeah, and was all pissed off that I mean that is the crazy thing is that she closed the gate. So I came by around nine thirty or ten, and then. She was like, keep going, park's closed for an unauthorized event. And so I just went to the mall or whatever and or over in Cockeysville and just parked there, tried to call everyone, no one's answering. So I thought it was actually shut down. So I almost went home and then Jarrett finally called me. Yeah. And, uh, and then I came back and just parked in the normal parking, which by the way, is always a shit show that on any day for the nature center parking. So like the fact that she diverted all the cars for everyone coming to the park to that one area was a terrible idea because the parking lot that she closed off has probably 200 spots. Right. And it's completely empty. It was completely empty and she wasn't letting anybody in. And then they were closing the gate after people left. So it was kind of crazy, but everybody, the people that stayed went over to the other parking lot, which literally like, this is silly. It's like moving from one side of the house to the other side of the house and being like, okay, now it's fine. Right. Well, because she couldn't do anything over there. She can't. There's no gate. There's no nothing to and stop people. And people there were cool with it. Yeah. And so the party just moved over there. And it was great because it had picnic tables and stuff. So people yeah. people set up, like, basically even a bigger party over on that side. So we kept running. Robbie got there. We saw Robbie finally. And so I got to run one lap with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, it, it, I mean, it was just great. Like, 
everybody was out there and you were in the woods and sooner or later you came across just about everybody when you're, when you're, yeah, it's kind of cool. You just see people, you, you stop for a couple of seconds or stop after a loop and then you see a bunch of people come through and yeah, yeah it's, and you're like, Oh, did not even know you were here. And that was <laughs> a funny thing because we still had to pass the lady for the loop. So <laughs> we're all running bad. by her and like, we're all, Hey, she must've been losing her mind. Cause I she know. probably thought a, well, because of that, but also she's probably thought, Oh, they're going to run for a couple hours not eight hours I know. so like they were she, she was she someone, stayed there all day she yeah. was at that gate at till, least, at least three o'clock yeah, yeah. till three o'clock and she i felt her. bad because she had some kid with her that was probably i'm gonna say in his 20s or something probably works for the park or something and he was like helping her guard she probably called him in his backup and was helping her her guard the gate but like it was like a real show of like feudalism because she should have tried to extort her i bet it wouldn't have worked you know extort or bribe bribe she yeah she, uh, doris umbridge was a r good description she's but, definitely an hoa president yeah for sure <laughs> somebody was calling her like uh karen of the gate or yeah. something well, like she's that. literally gatekeeping yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> but gatekeeping the park we ended up having a good time everybody ran um i went right after i finished my fourth loop Jarrett and i uh, went and got a hamburger at now my favorite place on earth it's called john brown uh he hasn't stopped talking john about brown's it. butcher yeah no no it's john brown's general and butchery yeah and it if i'm gonna tell you right now if you are on planet earth and you can make it there <laughs> they had the best hamburger i've ever had in my life i've been meaning to go there forever right yeah it's I, better than the fuzzies burger oh, dude really? i've never had anything this good yeah. I'm telling you, all right. best burger I've ever had. He's, and he wants to like drive all the way back out there for it. I think there's one in Remington too. Get out of here. Yeah, uh, there is. I'm just not sure. I think their hours are a bit different. All right. So, I mean, it was insane. So if there's one in Remington, that would be a little closer. Mm -hmm. um, and then we went back and we partied and waited for the finisher to to get down. So each loop was about four and a half miles. And uh, I probably ran further than i should have i can't believe because i was 20. i was wrecked and i know you ran more than you should have yeah i don't even want to talk about it <laughs> all caught up out there I, I was i was feeling good like you know you just want to run trails with friends it's yeah. been so long since i've run trails because of doing this marathon training and we ran in the a6 trabuco max 2 which by the way was pretty phenomenal awesome i i had low expectations for it because it's like a6 trail shoe um i loved it but they, it might be the most comfortable A6 shoe. It's I think it's up right there. up there with the Nimbus. I think it's almost. It's not as like soft it. as the Nimbus though. It's like just more. It's like bouncier. Yeah. Here's the crazy thing is I I thought that it would be lighter than it is because it felt really light on the trails. Oh, Turns is it heavy? I think it is. Oh wow! Like because I saw like a spec sheet or something, and it was like for the nine, it might be close to eleven ounces. Oh, okay. So it's probably like the Caldera. I feel like the Brooks Caldera was close to that, which is similar to the Caldera. Okay. I think better, though. It felt great, and I will tell you, the grip was good because we had three stream crossings. Oh, yeah. And Jarrett was wearing an Altra. The Lone Peak 7. Yeah. And he slipped and slid <laughs> all over the place where he even fell in the completely, he like, did. like did the side splash <laughs> where, like, the whole arm gets wet and everything. Smashed your GoPro screen. Yeah, he broke uh. one of our GoPros. Um, but... I think him because you know he was he was carrying the camera, um, 
Yeah, but he went down sideways in a stream. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, then was that on film? It wasn't, but I did get ah. him slipping on the next like okay. on the next round. I pulled out the camera because I'm like, I'm not missing this again. <laughs> and the worst part is I have that three sixty camera, so no matter what, I would have caught it. Oh, right. If, if it was recording. Um, so yeah, the, those shoes are really nice. I was pretty happy with them. But yeah, same thing. Like I I did two loops and then I was feeling good and I went to get in, you know, like fourteen miles. Uh, even though Coach Caster is he today's guest or is he no okay who, who's coming up in a couple weeks? Um, he told me not to run fourteen miles a day to run like ten. Of course, I ignored that because I was having fun on the trails. Mm. It, and I I feel you because it just did feel like it's it was so much fun to be running with yeah, people. Like I got to run with people I can't run with on the road, like John Ober, yeah, and Trevor, and those people. Like they're normally like right. super fast. But on the trails, it kind of equaled thing out. out. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but the problem was that the last loop I took, it was probably a half an hour between my second and third loop. So you rested, everything contracted. Yeah. And then that's Mm -hmm. when I felt my whatever is bothering me. So why did you take the half an hour break? Well, because I was waiting for Matt Kacharski. I went, I was going to run with him and then he was waiting for Jen and then he was like moving his Mm -hmm. car and then I was like, it like kept getting longer. Ugh. And then I was like, well, okay. I, you know, it felt fine in the beginning. And then just the last couple of miles, I started feeling it. And then, yeah. And then I took two days off because I was like, okay, just play it safe. And then yesterday was horrible. Yeah. Five miles easy, completely shit show. Ugh. Like back to how sore it was the first time I did it. So I don't know. I'm a little mentally scatterbrained yeah yeah meditate <laughs> i got dry needled last night oh there you go but here's the thing it, it can't where the where it hurts it's a tendon so you can't you can't like dry needle it directly you, you can't you can just do muscles so uh, or whatever so he did a, my whole calf which couldn't walk last night because mm. like literally <laughs> like after he did i was like i was planning on running some errands and couldn't Oh get no! Out of the house. So I mean, it's it fine today. Yeah, it's just sore. But yeah. Well, right before we leave the woods here, I just want to congratulate Trevor. Yeah. And so Trevor Fonts is it Fonts or Fonte? Font. I think it's Fonte. Fonts. Oh, is it Fontes? Okay, so Trevor, he, I, could, I could be wrong. This is his second time winning the Oregon Trail, uh, and the thing was, ten laps. I think won it last time. But it was shorter. Shorter distance. And now it was a little bit longer because one of the parts of the trail was closed. Mm -hmm. And I think he did 11 laps. No, he did 10. He did 10? Yeah. So, and at four and a half, how many miles? It was 4.6. He did at least 46, I think, tacked on a little bit more. So maybe. And then our female winner was Shannon Piles, Mm -hmm. who has been a longtime bastard. And she's having a year. Like, she did a comeback marathon and had a great marathon. And... She just did this one. I think she did, was it five laps or six laps? She did five. Yeah. So, so Trevor had 45 and a half miles um, on Saturday. And it's nice because they're both actually He also ran in Pegasus, didn't he? Yeah, which is crazy. On these trails were muddy and slippery and rocky. Like a lot of mud. Yeah. And he was running in the Peg 38s or something. Um, and then Shannon... Yeah, she did, pulling it up here, 
one mile. So she did five loops. Yep. Yeah, she had the choice of trophies first, and she went Luigi, which mm. was a surprise to me. Mm. I would have lost money on that bet. Interesting. They were both good, so couldn't really go wrong. You couldn't. Yeah. But yeah, so that wrapped that up, and then yesterday wrapped up Grit. Mm-hmm. And I guess we should um, go over it real quick, the winners of Grit, or the mileage totals. Patrick Blair with a 703-mile month won the mileage award. Insane. And we know Patrick, and we know this is a regular Legit. month for him. We might have to actually have him on just to like talk about how he, why he's so insane. Yeah, or how he even does that. Yeah, I don't. The timing alone is kind of insane. We did figure out government workers seem to be able to <laughs> get out, and run a lot more than weird how that works. Yeah. Um, and then what was that top elevation? Uh, overall, it was Adam Driscoll with thirty-four thousand feet. No, more than that. That's what's on here. Uh, which is on what part? <laughs> that is not accurate. Then he had a hundred. And- oh, I'm looking. Sorry, I'm looking at meters. A hundred fourteen thousand <laughs> feet. Thirty four. I was like, meters. wait, that's yeah. not that much. Yeah, a hundred fourteen thousand feet. So that's four Mount Everest. Now, now, tough luck for him because he did the free version. Yeah. <laughs> so, who actually would win elevation? Um, technically, it would be Patrick too because yeah. he had seventy three thousand feet of gain. Which yeah. makes sense because he ran 700 miles. So, yeah, he, uh, yeah, I mean, he, and he runs mostly trails as well. Do you know that? Which uh, is the other crazy I thing. would say that the last, my, that trail run was the most elevation I had for like that. Oh, I think yeah. that, I think it equaled more than all my other <laughs> runs the month. I believe it. That's because you run on the flats in the promenade. That's true. It was well, about 3,000 feet of elevation on right, Saturday. And I only get, about a hundred something, a little over a hundred feet of elevation on my normal run. Oh yeah, it's totally accurate. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing that in one day I Crazy. at least equaled all the other runs. Wow. All right, Meg, you've been a little quiet this. Oh, well, I didn't get to go on the on the um, that is true. trail run. You I was there. I was doing kid duty, going to basketball games. But if I, you'd want it, would have you wanted to? If you, it would have been fun to do a loop or two. Okay. Um, I don't know how my body would have responded though, and based off of you two, I'm kind of glad I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I think you would have been fine, Meg. Yeah. I don't know. I'm feeling really beat up right now. That's I think true. I, are, you, are you running the Donna Marathon? The half. So I'm. Oh, half. I'm um, okay. Your charity. I'm doing the charity chase thing, which yeah, I got a shout out to Puma because I threw this idea out to a few different brands, and like without question, they were like, "Yeah, we're in. What do you need?" So thanks, Puma, for being awesome. That's cool. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start at the back of the half marathon at Donna. Try and pass as many people as possible, and for everyone I pass, they're donating a dollar to the Donna Foundation. Sweet. I have a feeling other people might match that because they tend to have people down there that like to match yeah. challenges. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, somebody steps up and does it. So you have a chance to raise a substantial amount of money uh, during. This yeah, run. there's. There'll probably be 2,500 2, or 3,000 runners in the half. So we'll see how many of those. I'm going to guess that you are going to, if, if 3,000 people are there, Megan will pass 2,900. Yeah. Wait, so how long is it bef- before this start and before you start? <laughs> so minutes. I was talking to the race director <laughs> and um, that's not- she was saying she thought three to four minutes. I think it's going to be closer to like 10. 
Because there's a lot. It's the half and the full that go out okay. together. And oh, there's yeah, a there, ton of walkers. There's definitely a few minutes. Because I, I, last year when you guys were running uh-huh. and I was taking pictures, I had I had some time before everybody went through. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's exciting. Though. I, I think, yeah, I have a feeling it'll be. It looks like we're going to get some well it's very windy on saturday we'll see what happens on nice. sunday so exactly like last yeah week. i'm psyched because ben johnson's coming we just interviewed a runner that megan kind of ran with in houston yeah jeremy jeremy and then aldrin will be down there and uh what's aldrin's friend christina christina Welsh. that we also interviewed um podcast yeah we'll be we'll be down there so we'll hook up with them probably do some shenanigans we are not doing a shakeout run people have asked reason being is saturday they have a 5k and some other events and we really don't want to be taking people or anybody away from participating in but yeah we'll be at the so they have 5k events in downtown jacksonville at the um, jaguar stadium so thomas and i will be there uh taking photos and posting stuff so last year last time i ran around with ben johnson yep it was fun yeah yeah, that's awesome. That sounds really cool. I think it'll be a good time. I'm a little bummed I couldn't go, but I was like on the fence about it. I don't know. Just Dude, it's going to be 17 degrees here this weekend. We are avoiding oh, that. I forgot about that. Yep. Mm. What will it be there, Low? 50s to 70s. Probably nice. Really? 50s to 70s? Yeah. Yeah. 50 in the morning, 70 in the afternoon. Last year it sucked, so. I know. I actually think the, <laughs> actually think the low is close to 60 Last Sunday. year, Robbie went fishing with a guy, and his foot came back frozen. Oh, dude, it took <laughs> probably two hours to thaw my foot out under a floor heater in a car. Yeah, we thought Robbie was going to lose a leg. And for not, I think we caught one fish. It was like the worst fishing conditions I've ever been in. But I want to go back and have a redemption shot at it. I mean, here's the crazy thing. This is the crazy thing. So, just in the audience, so you know, if you invite Robbie to something, chances are he'll go to it if he doesn't know you. Like if you said, hey, we're having a bonfire, come on down. <laughs> Robbie's showing up. Yeah. You say to Megan or myself, hey, want to go fishing on my boat? And we'll, well be like, that could end bad. No. Honestly, <laughs> no joke. When we weren't going to Tokyo, I was trying to think of a way to extend it a day or do something where I could um go camping um in tokyo well because yeah that one guy from asics uh, komori roy yeah roy he loves to go camping and stuff and some of the photos they have of going camping near mount fuji i'm like i definitely want to do that but it's just like not gonna work you know um but it looked awesome i was like that's (laughs) like most people be like hang out in tokyo but i would have thought it'd be very cool to go camping near mount fuji but okay. yeah i would i would probably enjoy going somewhere near mount fuji but then going back yeah i think they do camping really nice though because he was uh like in yurts or something almost just nice tents doing pour over coffee Glamping. pour over coffee like making some nice japanese meats over the fire i'm like see yeah, i, I, I like that and i get i get your appeal to that but it is kind of like if i was camping in yosemite mm-hmm. well that's a bad example because now that's overcrowded if i was camping someplace nice grand canyon whatever you're like it's fun but like i wouldn't know the difference once i'm in the little campsite mm-hmm. from japan to yeah to arizona you know it's like 
Yeah. Okay, I'm sitting by a fire. Yeah. So what I like the culture part is what I'm excited about. Yeah, well, I think it'd be cool just to go camping with some, and maybe that's part of it too, camping with people from Japan. Yeah. But anyway, it's probably not going to happen. So maybe I'll get lost there and miss my flight. I would love to hear that. That actually sounds like likely. Like Roy's Roy's English is pretty good. Yeah. Um. But I'm wondering, like, if you went camping and nobody else spoke English, how much fun that would be. Yeah. <laughs> like, Robbie just staring at him. I guess I have to bring my Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyways, what uh, what else are we, we got going on? Well, why don't we talk? A, do we want to get into the shoe? Yeah, we can. All right. So with us going down there, Meg is running in. What is this, Meg? Can't be kitted out in Puma and the... Um there's so many names. The Puma Deviate Nitro Elite 2? Yes. Is that it? You nailed it. Okay. Wow. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. First try. And you ran in this this morning. I did. Talk to me. <laughs> so when I first started running it, I was like, mm, this kind of feels more like a tempo shoe, like your Saucony Speed or something like that. But then I did some some faster miles in it, and it's pretty good. Explain faster miles, because when you talk about faster miles, I did 30 seconds hard today, and my 30 seconds wasn't as fast as your faster miles. So I did a couple sub-six-minute miles in it just to try and get my legs to turn over, and I felt like it, it felt pretty good. Um, you know me. I love my stack, so I, I kind of wish that there was a little bit more to it, but... It's it's a it's a good pop. It's a so good a for solid ride. Good for half marathon yeah. for you. Yes. Is this a shoe you would pick up for the marathon? No. Why not? For the reasons I just mentioned, I want prefer, more cush, and I think a little bit of a softer ride for the long distance. So you think your your the palm of your foot would bottom out after yeah. a few miles? But like I said, like for the half and under, solid. I really like it. I mean, it's got it's a pretty rigid. Two hundred dollars too, by the way. Yeah. So not bad. And I think it's not coming out till March now. Originally, they said February, but I believe it's March. It feels super light. Um, oh, it's March now. I'm actually surprised how much rubber <laughs> rubber is here on the front side. That's like a couple millimeters of rubber. Right? Okay, so part of the reason I also took it out this morning is because there was some like icy road conditions are going you, on. Are you doing that new section um, with the fake wood? Oh, man, that's dangerous. It was so... Today, I had to do the thing where I didn't want to take a sharp turn because I was on it. Uh-huh. So I was, like, trying to do, like, the, the, flat. S- the <laughs> straightest line I could to get... So the bricks, where you get back onto the bricks, I was, like, doing, like, this kind of, like, sidestepping, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... Yeah. <laughs> get, and, like, I, went, I, like, ran sideways off the yeah. bricks. But I was wearing a, a shoe that we can't I talk can't about. Believe, I'm just so mad that they put that up. It's, like, seriously... I know it's probably more durable and lasts longer than the wooden decking, but... And wooden decking isn't great either, but that stuff is just treacherous. Yeah, it is real slippery. I, I kind of wish they would have gone with the brick. Yeah, I don't know. And do you know the um, that sidewalk to nowhere on the other side of the building? Have you run on that? No. It runs into a set of st- It's like the worst street design ever. Anyways, next time you're over there, <laughs> check it out. It's on the other side? Yeah, it's on the other side of the building, and there's a sidewalk, and it just like runs into a staircase, and there's no... No, I don't know, it's exit. just funny. Yeah. Anyways, um, but I'm, I'm excited to try this. I actually have this shoe as well. I just haven't been able to yeah. try it out yet because we've been stacked with shoes here. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but everybody got their shoes in, and we are 
receiving it's them. It's just that time of year. What are you going to lace up for the half, Thomas, if you're not going to race in Puma? I kind of want to revisit the New Balance that I have. SC it's, Elite it, V3? Well, ish, sort of. V3-ish? Yeah, it's, it's got the Elite 3 up. You upper. ran New York City Marathon in it. What else do you No, no, no. Oh, I, the, it, it's the, the one I ran type. London in it. Uh, the one I ran London okay. in it. So that's... I, I just felt good in it. I'm not... I can tell that unless a miracle happens, uh, I'm not in racing shape right now, like fitness. Like, Wait, why don't you run it in this, in this shoe anyways? I mean, I guess I could. Throw a little support towards Megan. Yeah. yeah. And Puma. Solidarity. Yeah. And Puma. Yeah. If you're not racing it. I'll try it. Well, see, that's the thing. I always want to be ready to race. In case everything aligns. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure you'll be okay if you were to yeah. deviate elite too. I, yeah. I agree. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'll, 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 I'll give it a shot. So right now, just Robbie, what shoes are you rotating through to, to review right now? Um, well, I ran, I finished my miles in that Diodora shoe and then I ran in that noble shoe. Mm. Oh yeah. Which is kind of crazy because it's not a bad shoe see i feel like you're the not a bad shoe reviewer like <laughs> when we get all birds you're like it's it's not as bad as you think it is well i like reviewing the the obscure yeah the, the weird shoes yeah but the noble one like seriously it feels almost exactly like the endorphin speed that's crazy uh, because it's it's 100 percent p-backs midsole nylon plate Stacks, I think, exactly the same almost. Um, the uppers, kind of crap. But other than that, the ride, pretty pretty, similar. pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but it's, I think, $190 or something. Whoa. Like yeah. They're saying this is a running shoe? Like, it's not? Because yeah, I know it's they called, like. No, no, it's called the Runner Plus. Okay. So they have a shoe called the Runner, okay. which is, they sent me first by accident. Because I didn't want to test that one, and it was I on foot just putting it on. I was like, "This is a garbage shoe." Like you could tell, it was just bad. Yeah. But this one is the Runner Plus, which is their, you know, like. I don't know, Why can't anybody come up it. with new stuff like Plus? <laughs> Everybody got Plus Elite, right? Uh, what's what's an um, Pro? There's just not that many synonyms to. There's tons of them. Just. I think you just make up um, a word, random name. Yeah, yeah, just make stuff up. Um, it, it's getting Although crazy. Sketchers did go run, and I still hate them to this day for it because it's <laughs> well, yeah, but they is it one word or two words, but they throw it on everything and then they capitalize one all GNO is all. Like yeah. three different convention yeah. spelling conventions for it. Yeah, no, that we just got a sheet and it was capital G O space capital R U N. It used to be capital G capital O, right? And then it's also they've also said before it you can put the two words together, just capitalize the R, yeah. 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 So I liked my favorite version of it was capital G, capital O, lowercase r, U. This, com this coming from a brand without a T in their name. So yeah. let's, <laughs> let's just think about that. Anyway. But well, so you've been running the Speed Beast. I ran the Speed. Well, I wasn't going to. I don't know. Oh. I guess I can talk about it, right? Yeah. So there's a new Max cushion shoe for racing. I, I don't know. Is it supposed to be for racing? They said it is, right? I mean, Doesn't it have it, a carbon plate? Yeah, it's got a it's got a partial plate in the toe. But I think it's like heavy though, or for a racing shoe. Well, I wore it for my speed work today, uh -huh. and it is heavier. But you get that bounce off the foam, kind of like okay, kind of gives you the reason why I think May would love it is it has that max cushion feel, mm -hmm. 
but it is, I mean, it's not, I don't know. Like, I think you would end up using it like you'd use an SE trainer. Oh, wow. Okay. So like, maybe I shouldn't have done the speed knit. Maybe, um, I could have used a different shoe, but it was so comfy and I felt good the whole time. That's nice. Like it felt great at all speeds. It felt good yeah. at my warm up speeds. It felt really good when I was doing my, um, I need to try that shoe now. Yeah. I was trying, um, I had 30 second repeats. So I was going hard and it felt good. Okay. Felt good like that. And that's a, like a $180 shoe, I think. Yeah. I think for the price, it's a pretty decent shoe. I mean, it's probably one of the better sketches I've run in as of late. The foam is so much better than the old, um, you know, when, when Hyperburst first came out, it was the first super critical. Right. And it was great. But things have evolved, even in this shoe that Megan was wearing this morning, the Puma uh, Deviate Elite. Nitro. Nitro. Yes, that. Yeah. Elite, <laughs> Elite 2. Um, it has a, you know, uh, super critical foam. Yeah. So they've come a long way, and Skechers kind of didn't evolve with it, and I even felt some of the ratios were harsh, but it felt really good. Nice. But right now I've got I'm fin I just finished Miles on the Rivera, so we'll do a video review of that and write that up. I've got the Kimbara that I want to get done. Right. I was hoping to get into the ride, but between Speed Beast and some of the other shoes that we have, are you running in the ride? Is that what you were running in today? Uh, no, I ran in the, the Puma Elite this oh, morning, okay. but I ran in the ride the other day. That one's, I struggled with that one a little bit. It's like, isn't it this exact same shoe as last Pretty year? Pretty much. Different upper? But, it is. And we've gotten so spoiled with like these plated daily trainers. Like I think yeah. I look at the SD trainer and then I look at the ride and I'm like, this, this one doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, yeah. See, and that's funny because I like the Kimbara this year because I feel like it's back to that simple. Mm-hmm fun snappy yeah snappy ride and what they've done with the midsole they i felt like uh the 13 kimbara i didn't really enjoy that much because it just felt like a harsh layer of power run underneath right. your foot and this one they've shaped more like the ride daily trainer the shape of the it feels the same against your foot and mm -hmm. when you have in in the shoe and it has that nice roll and they add three millimeters of stack so it's a little bit more off the ground and I think it's really nice, but I get where Megan is. It, it, it is tough when you have shoes that match your exact preference. But I think when we're reviewing shoes, we got to look at it from not just if it matches our preference, but right. does this shoe do what it's intended to do? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Or who does this shoe work for? Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen so many people, even at Houston, so many people running in the ride is their race day shoe. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, mean, it is firmer. I, I can understand that. Yeah. I think the majority of people just, you know, go to their local running store. Yeah. Brooks Ghost. What's, is that, the Ghost is the top seller. Yeah, top seller. Sure, yeah. Right. Yeah. I always get that mixed up with the um, launch. No, and the adrenaline, maybe. Uh, Wait, no, the adrenaline's a little glycerin. bit. Glycerin. Glycerin. That's yeah. the one. Glycerin and Ghost always get mixed up. Yeah. Um,. But, for example, like uh, reviewing the Ultra Rivera, that's not a shoe necessarily for me, but I like it for what they're trying to do. Yeah, I think the Ultra people might want to start making their way towards Topo, though. Although Topo's bought out now, so who knows? Maybe they'll change. What do you mean, adding a little drop here and there? No, I just think that Topo's staying more direct to the vision of natural running than Ultra is, and maybe... 
kind of just uh, and make and making better like the cyclone too yeah is like that's a nice like ultra doesn't have a shoe like that maybe the vanish tempo but that's a is 290 yeah and that's funny because also like when i start looking at price there is a reason like to have different brands at different prices when i look at ultra that's not a what i would consider premium brand right yeah and i don't think their customer customers are also like on board with that like i feel like ultra customers are wrangler jean wearing people yeah it's people who homeschool their kids (laughs) okay these are things you can't say yeah (laughs) what yeah i'm not against it i I like it but it is it's like it's a different animal dude most of my most of my friends are homeschooled which explains a lot i was borderline homeschooled (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah that's the ultra fam out there don't don't not attack. judging them. It, good I you. feel like they they're like the Beyonce Beehive or whatever. Or what do they call them? Yeah, I think it's a Beehive. Like yeah. if we ever say anything bad about Altra, they're like they come at you. Yeah. Do you hear about that concert Beyonce did in Dubai? Mm-mm. Dude, she did a concert at the opening of a hotel in Dubai. She got paid, which was like her first live show in like three years or something. She got paid twenty five mil for it. Stop. I swear, twenty five million. That's a nice day. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll sing for that. <laughs> dude just imagine if you're one of those oil tycoons you're like like there's literally no price tag on any like like you can get anything you want yeah people you, are like anyone can be bought yeah, yeah people are like <laughs> it's it's priceless mm. that's the beyonce is, is like the one person who can't be bought like you would say there's no way she's gonna do a private concert there's a price tag for it anyone can be birthdays 30 mil yeah i'll be there <laughs> i mean dude I, I'm not judging you. Okay, so that that gives Go me that gives me a question: If you could have anybody at your next grit party, oh, you can't just put this on the spot. This is like something I have to think about for a week. Megan, who would be? Yeah, I know who Megan's would be right now. Who? Taylor Swift. Oh, we're talking musicians. And, uh, it, entertainment. You can have anything you want. Ilya Kipchoge, entertainer. Yeah. See, I would also like to think about this. Oh, jeez. Well, who would yours be? I, it might be Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> what? I think you could, we could probably make that happen. We might. I think you'd just be good That's time. definitely in the budget. Yeah. Seriously, I think we could probably I think we could probably get Weird Al yeah. Yankovic. He's pretty big, dude. Dude, like, I think summer? bigger than you. Like what, if, what if we call it the Weird Al Yankovic Summer Grit? And weird, we come up with the theme, the theme will all be Weird Al Yankovic themed. What's a grit? What's a song that rhymes with, like, grit? Um... Beat grit, beat just beat grit. Oh, just beat grit. Mm-mm. Like just eat, beat it. He already did that one. But yeah, beat grit. You have to beat grit to win. I mean, anything that ends gonna ends with it. I'm gonna say this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let us know if you want to do um, <laughs> summer grit with Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. No, he is like on my top Yankovic person just to Yanko hang out grit. with. Yankovic grit. Yeah. If I could, he's in my top five of people that I would want to. You know, like road trip that huh. if you have five people he's on tour trip. right now oh, is he yeah is he coming to baltimore oh, I wish he was a runner I don't know. is he a runner looks like probably not nowhere near us nowhere yeah. near us. not even dc no wow. he's going over to europe and australia in later this month hmm. you know what find the, out where he's in the summer do you know what's super weird is that the way that he ended up playing accordion 
is that a door-to-door salesman was coming to his house selling instruments and it was like accordion and guitar or something and the greatest accordion player ever prior to him the last name was yankovic and because they had the same last name his mom said we'll take the accordion and then that's how he ended up playing accordion he's homeschooled and then yeah i mean he he basically was not he wasn't homeschooled but there is a okay, similar what's ride. so fascinating about him that you'd want him to be your person i just think it's like the greatest american success story of somebody whose talent is playing the accordion and he <laughs> leveraged that into a career that spanned acting hanging out with like kirk Cobain, you know like actually talking to kirk cobain on the phone about doing his song getting approval from coolio like all this crazy stuff like from a nerd who played the accordion in his bedroom by himself like it's it's an amazing like path to success i do wonder for him like you know how music has changed and there's not like hit so much anymore mm-hmm. i mean Megan there just are. Eh, are there but that's i feel like they're like the other things you, you just you're not into them anymore is that he's had number i think he's had number one singles over spanning four decades which is a rare feat you saw madonna's going back on tour speaking you brought that up another oh, time yeah, yeah. <laughs> you seem very excited about that <laughs> i'm a material girl um, <laughs> in a material what was world. the one he covered of madonna just or, or like a material girl i think living I was, in a material no world. the one that weird al covered like a virgin yeah, but what was the name of it? What was the uh, spinoff? The spinoff? Jeez. Oh, I don't know, but that I felt was the Yankovic era. Michael Jackson. Oh, totally. Madonna. Like a surgeon. Like a surgeon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, so, but that would be cool. All right, so for your summer grit, you going with Taylor Swift? I mean, if I have to choose right now, yeah. All right. That's a good one. Weird Al Yankovic, Taylor Swift concert. Can't go wrong there. Something for everybody. But let's be real. We all want y'all out boy there. Okay, yeah. That's the only Actually. answer. I kind of do. <laughs> I saw they just posted a video today, and I saw it on Instagram, and I was like, damn. So for those of you who don't know, after we saw the y'all out boy the first time, which was the best time. Mm-hmm. And this was at the Brooks after party at the running event. Yeah. I tried to surprise the team because the running event's early December. I tried to surprise the team by buying everybody a Y'all Out Boy t-shirt. And they had really nice ones, black with red writing on them. And um, I, I tried to get them, and they just never came. And they ended up emailing me and be like, yeah, we don't, we're sold out of that shirt. If you, if you want a different shirt or whatever. And I was like, it was like four months later. It sounds so like every like, band I've ever known. I was like, damn it. <laughs> but they may have new shirts. Maybe we should get uh, a new shirt for the team. Yeah. I'll look into it. But the one thing they said that was kind of crazy. So they had a big line in Austin. They were doing a concert, and there was like a block-long line to get into the show. Mm-hmm. And, but they did the, okay, y'all out, boy, on three. <laughs> and I thought it was funny because I don't think one of them said the whole name. Yeah. They should just say y'all out. Y'all out. Y'all out. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's a, and for anyone who doesn't know, they're a cover band that does like late, like 90s, early 2000s, which is the best time they have a good playlist on spotify oh nice mm-hmm. yeah check it out um all right cool anything else for today i think that's it our guest this week is brent james from oh tracksmith brent james awesome designer also tracksmith. neighbor to the headquarter yeah which makes it amazing that the guy that designed the tracksmith running shoe can walk over 
come in for the podcast. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Shoot a video. And the video should go out, I guess, this Friday, or are we going to do it earlier? Yeah, I mean, probably Friday. I, right. I guess we might as well now that we mentioned it. Cool. And, um, yeah, so here's Brent. All right, so just checking in. They say, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Sometimes running can feel like that. You run, you're working hard, and something happens like a bum leg or twisted ankle or something like that, and you start to think, man, running's dumb. But then you have the flip side of it when running's not dumb, and you feel great, and the endorphins are pumping, and the sun is shining, birds are singing. So hang in there. Continue to win those stupid prizes. All right, Robbie. So this is like my favorite. I love having people in studio. Oh, yeah. And today we have Brent James, who is the senior project manager at Tracksmith. Yes, sir. And you're on the shoes. That is that is correct. These shoes are causing a bunch of uh, noise. Like it, I people love it. are going crazy. I love noise. The Tracksmith Elliot Runner. Yeah. Yes. I, I find that there's people on all sides of this. You obviously have true fans. The shoe seems to sell out pretty quick when it's up there for uh, sale. Am yeah. I am I right? Like they're yeah. So they're far, moving. it's been a, been a good reception. Yeah. Good. Good action on the website. So we're happy. So we knew that there was a shoe coming. I can't tell you how I knew, but somebody let me know <laughs> she was coming. And we were a little worried because we were like, Tracksmith's known for really good apparel yep. to great apparel. Oh, I'm wearing a base layer right now. I didn't even realize that. Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm macked out. I got <laughs> I the ja- I love it. jacket, the little, the pants. I'm, I probably wear this more than anything else in my life. That is your... I, I pretty much only wear a Tracksmith base layer in the wintertime, even though we have like, tw- I have like 30 other long sleeves. And the crazy thing <laughs> is he's, he looks good in it. I didn't pay him to say that either. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I kind of have to use it as a base layer and put something on top of it. Cause I'm not as comfortable <laughs> like it is form fitting, but uh, yeah. Um, so apparel, people love it. Yep. And one of the things I liked about Tracksmith was that I could wear shoe agnostic. So like we test a lot of shoes, Rob, you feel the same way, don't you? That like you didn't have to, it's not like when I wear, for example, mm-hmm. the other day I was wearing a sock and shoe. Mm-hmm. And I was getting ready to go out. I was grabbing a pair A6 apparel. Okay. And I was like, I can't wear A6 apparel with sock and shoes. Because all, all, all the people in the dark are going Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but so I, I was a little worried. So that when you guys said that you're, or found out that you guys were coming out with shoes, I was like, oh no, is it is it going to mess up with my. With their steves. I guess. Yeah. It. That yeah. was the main. That was my main concern. <laughs> it wasn't if the shoe was any good. It was if it was bad. But so what was the decision process? Why why did a shoe uh, become something that Tracksmith wanted to put into place? Yeah, I'd say from, from day one, Matt Taylor, the founder, has had a, a shoe in mind. He has had the idea of being a, a global running brand in mind. And this was just a step toward that. So it's been in the works for many, many years. I've been in the brand for about two years now, a little over three, two years. Um but the shoe was in, in works before I got there. So it's been kind of a you know labor of love, trying to get it get it right, get it right for the marketplace. And I think just from, from day one, it's been part of the part of the plan. 
And you were brought in specifically to work on this project. In part, yes. Yeah, my background, I'm, I'm a footwear designer by, by trade, um, kind of made the jump to product management about five, six years ago. So that was definitely part of the, part of the, part of the calling for me and part of my interest in, in joining the brand. Um, where, were yeah. you at, uh, where were you at before you came to Tracksmith? So just before we were actually over in France, I was working for Solomon, oh, okay. um, helping them kind of launch the, the road running thing over there for about three years. Mm-hmm. Under Armour before that, and North Face was kind of the, my first gig. Oh, cool! In, in footwear design, um, but yeah, that's the nice the, sh- the short story. Did you were you FIT or where'd you go for like to uh, learn so about it? Undergrad, I went to UPenn. I was a, an architecture major actually. Oh wow! Um, mm-hmm. Did that for about a year and just felt it's a little bit old school for me. Needed something <laughs> a bit more fast paced, a bit more interesting. Yeah. Um, so went back to school, went to Academy of Art actually in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, yeah. And that's where North Face is headquartered yeah, so out there, so that works yeah. out. So I was intern, and then, yeah, they brought me on. So Were you yeah. a sneakerhead before, like, getting into this? Like, like his shoes and, and footwear always been something that's important to you? For sure. I think one of the saddest days that, so far for me was when East Bay oh, so they're, yeah, they're closing dude. their doors. That, <laughs> that was the Bible back in the day. Right. Every time I came in the mail, my mom could attest to this. I would, you know, tear through it for days, you know, wow. circle things and, you know, take a little notes um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say I was a sneakerhead. For it sure. is, it is kind of crazy that East Bay is gone. Like that is, if you think about it, like old school, it's like one of those ones that like hung in there. I mean, it used to be yeah. mail order. Like you basically called on the phone, yeah. gave them your address, yeah. credit card. They mm-hmm. shipped it out to, it was like pre, pre website. Yeah. 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 For sure. That was the dream back then. And was it owned by, was it bought like by someone else and then kind of just, yeah. it was. So I think Foot Locker yeah. Okay, is yeah. currently the owner. Gotcha. So, yeah. And I mean, I would keep, keep the branding, keep the stuff like that's something that like you could throw on a t-shirt. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I'd be surprised if it doesn't show up, show right. up again yeah. at right. some point. Or like the East Bay collection, like the <laughs> premium basketball premium run. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, we're flying off the topic here. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, you look at this shoe. And I'm guessing there's some challenges that you are going to have because Tracksmith has an aesthetic that isn't necessarily super modern. It leans more into heritage, classic sure. uh, styling. When you start a project like this, how does it even like? How do you start sketching it out or getting it ready to go? Yeah, I'd say in this case, from a design ex- exercise, it was more about kind of boiling it down. And to me, I think that's been my process from the beginning. I'm really all about the essentials, like what does a shoe need to have and what's frivolous. And I think in this case, it was kind of, you know, what makes it iconic, what makes it tracksmith and what don't we need? So really kind of building a shoe that we knew performed really well and then just boiling it down to the only ingredients, the only things that we need. See, I'd love to see the sketches to see how it went from like shoe to shoe to kind of get it into the look and feel of the brand. Cause you guys nailed it as far as aesthetics wise and details. Oh, yeah. For sure. Appreciate that. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie's uh, famous quote now is it's very tracksmithy. Yeah. 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 We, so. we all, we all heard it. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, it's not a bad thing. It's just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So from, like s- from start to finish, how long did it take to, you said it was about two years or you've been there two years. So I've been there two years. So, so two years plus. Okay. Know, three, four years. I believe they were working on it prior to when I got there and. You know, by the time I was there, we had a shoe we were already testing and, and kind of iterating upon. Um, so two years of that wow. got, got us here. Cool. Let's get a little bit into the design and 
you know, the parts that make up the shoe. And then a little bit, I want to talk a little bit because people, I think one of the biggest responses that we've gotten online and stuff, there seems to be one group of people who's like, I don't care. I love Tracksmith. Price doesn't matter. There's another group that's like, why is this shoe uh, at a price that's at what I would say is venturing into the premium uh, race day shoe? I would say that's kind of been owned by race day shoes once you get over $200. And this shoe's intention, if I'm correct, is more of like, this is a daily trainer. Yep. This is a do it all, like majority of your shoe. miles. Yeah. Yep. But it's not, this isn't the one that you might line up at you know boston marathon to i mean i'm sure people will yeah but it's not like if you were trying to go for a pr if you're uh, an elite athlete you're probably going to go with something with a plate and and you know etc yeah all the other stuff yeah i mean even though this does have some ingredients that you're going to find familiar with a race day shoe so let's talk a little bit about the details you said it's classic um what makes this a classic running shoe like why do i look at it and go yeah that feels familiar that looks familiar the silhouette so i think one one is just the overall cleanliness you know you're not seeing a bunch of reflective materials or prints and and things added to to the materials themselves you're really seeing kind of the raw material um without any embellishment you know there are some details and hints towards constructions we use in apparel i think that's that's also what you you can kind of if you know tracksmith you can see that in the shoe um, but one of the most striking things to me about the shoe and about shoes in general is like color blocking. So what, st- what stands out when you're 10 feet away versus when you're two feet away. Mm. And I think that iconic, you know, the sash along the side of the shoe, as well as kind of just the, the intricacies of different whites on the shoe. If you look really closely, I think that's where you, you see the classic nature. What I was actually surprised about is the midsole has that ivory off white and I thought maybe that was like, you know how sometimes the foam comes out and it has that color? I was like, oh, that. And then I flipped it over. I was like, oh, wait a second. That is actually added to yes. give it that, like you said, tonal. It's intentional design. Um, so going in all the details, Robbie. Yeah. You got the little hang tag in the yeah, back. The- <laughs> but even the stuff that you get into, like I did notice now that you mentioned it, there's no printing on the shoe. It's all stitched, mm-hmm. embroidered. Everything is is that, but even when we pull out this midsole, and I kind of want to not in, midsole, insole. the insole. Um, I kind of want to go over this because I think that people don't understand. If you haven't held the shoe and pulled it apart, you don't understand that this isn't your traditional just layer of foam over top. Um, but it's also embroidered footbed. You have a little poetry on here that we've talked about before <laughs> i think that's um, what tracks came yeah in. it is but i love <laughs> it right. it, I, it is tra- I like it it is tracks it's but it's all, also attention to details like hey we have yeah. this space here that we can do something with why don't we do something intentional it, it does show that whomever was designing on the shoe or working on the shoe took that extra minute to be like hey there's we can do something fun here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew from kind of from the beginning of when I started that this was the, the magic of the shoe, this this footbed insole, which is a, a bit more substantial in thickness, but also in kind of uh, how it's created, a bit more substantial than a typical sock liner insole. So we wanted to make sure it was special, that it could stand alone when you take it out, that it you, you feel that premium nature of that piece of the shoe um, and wanted to pay attention to every detail there. So... Even the details on the bottom, that was uh, internal discussion, like what should be there and, and how can we really utilize that to to tell people it's tracks with, you know, in a way. Yeah. Um, so we really spent a lot of time on that component of the shoe 
it's something that you discover also. So I think that's part of part of Tracksmith and how we we think about product. It's not always in your face. You you see the technology or see what's special about it. You have to touch and feel it to to really experience it. So in this case, I think for the the footbed, the sock liner, that was where we we spent the money. And can you talk about the composition of it? Because I think that's one of the thing that's a lot different than other insoles. Yeah. So. Typically, P-Bax, we talked about that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. P-Bax is kind of the, the magical material of today, the most premium, the most, the best performing. Can, um, can I stop yeah, you there for one, one quick second? Yeah, of course. We always talk about P-Bax. Yeah. And it's a brand name. It's like Kleenex or, or one of those things. Yes. But. P, so P-Ba is the scientific name. Yeah. What What is it? So it's, so EVA, I think, is, is what people commonly know as like a midsole material or the foam part of your shoe on the bottom that you stand on. Um, PBA is just a different type of compound that we we use now for midsole materials. What is that? Elastic visco polymer or something? PBA with a B. No, the I'm talking about the EVA. Oh, uh, EV, yeah, yeah, yeah. Expanded, uh, yeah. Something is something I, crazy. Radio, look, look it up. Yeah, I should yeah. know that. But PBA is so it's made out of an entirely different material than. EVA. Yes, yes. So the Eth- material itself is different. Go, go ahead. Ethyl vinyl acetate. Ethyl. Thank you. Sounds like a hard drug. (laughs) (laughs) That should be the name of your next. Don't don't eat your shoes. Yeah, yeah. Might find that in a crack pipe in a back alley. But chemically, this is different, and it has a different energy return. Yes, so it's it's lighter in weight. You know, I think you go back to your science class. It's just a a lighter compound in general. And what we also find is that it performs better. So it gives you a bit more return of that energy that you're putting into the ground as you run. What about lifespan? Is it holding up pretty well in this format? Yeah. So I, I would say durability is similar to EVA. The way that it wears or the way that it degrades is, is the scientific word is a little bit different. Um, so EVA kind of degrades from day one, starts to get, to get less performance over time. PIBA keeps its performance for a longer, consistent for a longer period of time before it degrades. Okay. So am I correct that not only the top sole here yep. is P-Bax, but isn't the midsole? They are both P-Bax. Yeah, two different hardnesses. So the one that's inside the shoe is softer. The one that you feel kind of as you step into the shoe gives you that comfort. And the one on the outside is, is for that bounce. We make it a little bit firmer to give you a bit more energy return. So snappiness is, comes from that. Exactly. And it's another reason why sometimes with P-Bax shoes, you're going to find a plate because if it's the durometer is soft, you're going to add the plate to give it that snap? That's part of it. I, you know, I, I think we're, we're still investigating that that for us in Tracksmith. But in general, the idea is that because PBAX is softer and it's more easy, when it's softer, it's more easy to bottom out. Basically, the plate can help with that aspect of the performance. Um, obviously, there are other um, things that the plate does for you that may help your performance as well. Awesome. Do you want to talk about pine needles? Yeah. So what are the <laughs> segue? Uh pine needles great for great starter for fires in the woods. True. Um they smell good too. They do. If they're alive. Yeah. Anyways, um <laughs> we're part of the marketing behind the shoe was this that it tracksmith wanted to recreate this idea of running on pine needles or these soft paths kind of that you find in New England. Um and yeah, I mean, again, it's like the poetry behind the shoe in a way. And so how did you kind of take that idea, this that idea of running just free and, um, you know, out just enjoying running for everything that it is? How did you take that and 
make sure that was included in the ethos ethos good, of the shoe? It's a good question. I, I think for me, the, the experience of running on pine needles, if you've done it, is kind of a visceral one. It's not only the way it feels, but you also hear it, you know, like little crunches of the pine mm. needles. And um, I think it's just a special um, sensation that you, that you experience. So for me, that visceral, you know, connection with my memory is something that we wanted to achieve with how the shoe felt when you put it on. Yeah. So th the insole, the part that's softer, is supposed to mimic that, the, the top surface of those pine needles. And when you're stepping on them, that kind of squishy, um, soft feeling yeah. that you feel. And below the pine needles is the ground. The ground, typically when the pine needles are on the ground, is hard, right? So it's a little bit giving you that snapback feeling. And that's what the midsole is doing for us. So we're really looking to recreate that visceral feeling that you're, you get when you're running on those paths and you know, bring a shoe that you can do that anywhere you are. All right, second check-in. How's it going? How's the run going for you today? I'm going to go back old school. Tell you just to relax your shoulders, pump those legs. I think drive those knees is what they say. Point those toes forward and keep it rolling. See you in a bit. How did you guys go about testing this year? Like what was the process of getting on athletes' feet? It's a good question. So Trash Smith is full of runners. So people who are working for the brand are also super users. So a lot of us on the team were part of the testing cohort. Um, everybody's also brutally honest. So people, you know, there were rounds when people were giving us really harsh feedback or really like <laughs> tough feedback that we, that we took. And were they talking in a way yeah. that you could use that information to move forward? Or were they just going like, ah, this one's crap. I don't like it. So I'm letting you guess. So I'm an optimist. Right. I, I take any feedback or any loss with a, you know, a learning. So for, for me, any, any negative is actually help, helping me make a better product. Um, so yeah, I, I take any feedback as raw as it gets. But I, I, what I'm asking, yeah, was, was it always useful? <laughs> like, cause yeah. sometimes you need some deep, yeah, like if I say to you, sure. Hey, it's too soft in here and yep. I'm feeling slippage yep. because it's not meshing up well. That might be something you can go, okay, I can figure out how to fix it versus if I just say, yeah, no, nah, nah, it's okay. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's also asking the right questions in the end. So you saying, I hate it. I want to know why, you know, I'll ask you more specifically, how did you use it? And where, where did you hate it? Like what part of the shoe made you feel like you didn't like the experience? So I think <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's kind of about, both sides of that story. So how's that work for testing for a smaller company like Tracksmith? Like who do you reach out to? Is it internally mostly or is it other people as well? Um, definitely other people as well. I think there's, we have a lot of friends of the brand, yeah. you know, people who work on photo shoots or people who are kind of adjacent to some of the work we've done in the past. We, we really tap into the community. I think that's a big part of us as a brand, just tapping into the folks on the ground that we interact with on a weekly, daily basis mm -hmm. um, with our run groups. You know, we have the big pop-ups that happen. We, we make a lot of connections there at the races. So we really tap into our community for, for people to test. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, when you're moving forward on this and getting more into the production phase or getting closer to it, um, how was that through COVID and everything that was going on with that? Was it pushed back because of the, some of the factory logistics type things? People not being able to get together and <laughs> just go over the shoe, yeah. Yeah, or just even like, getting 
you know, prototypes back from Asia or whatever. Was that, was there difficulties there? I mean, I would say that there were, of course, factory closures. We know all about that now. Um, So there were periods of blackout where we didn't have much feedback or samples for that, for that matter Mm -hmm. in those periods. But there, I would say they were few and far between for us. Um, We were a bit lucky during the, the depths of COVID, we were more in the production, excuse me, the product development stage. Oh, okay. I think it's a little bit tougher when you're in the production stage when the factory closes. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. um, in terms of timing, I don't think it affected us to launch so much to say, but there were some periods where there were blackouts where we have to be kind of wait, wait and see. Gotcha. And I would think, uh, you know, when you're going about this process, your clothing is probably an expensive process to get the different sizes set up and get the, what do they call the, the patterns, I guess. The grading uh, between sizes. You mean? The grading, but also just patterns and all yep. that stuff. Yep. There's a lot of process in that, but I would think that's a lot easier than footwear. Yes. And <laughs> I think both the raw materials and just the processes that we and know, the molding and everything. Tracksmith is not a big company. Like how many employees are at Tracksmith? I want to say around 40. Yeah. Right. So yeah. still, yeah. And I think we should get into some of the, kind of behind the scenes with how a small company makes takes a on a shoot. project like yeah, this. Yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people realize how big of a project it is to put out a shoe. Yeah. I mean, I can only say from my personal experience, I've been on teams of a hundred people putting mm-hmm. out, putting out a single shoe. Yeah. So when it's like a, a entire company of 40 people, it's a, it's a heavier lift per person, right? Yeah. And generally that's the, just the honest truth. Right. But just also even that in the, the research and development that goes into making it and then the rounds of, you know, finding the right you factory. All, yeah, you don't have a factory that's <laughs> like, let me hop on that real yeah. quick because I know you have an order for 100,000 shoes. We'll we'll kick out this midsole for you in a couple of days, it, yes. you know, and do the that molds for different. you. Yeah. The, I think what we're trying to get at is when you are a larger brand, you can make an order, you have relationships with factories, you can get things going and the price of the, also the product is less expensive because you are, you already have the resources to make molds for, you know, sure. All this stuff. You guys are starting from scratch with this shoe and you're having to now shoes, shoes aren't what they were, you know, 10, 15 years ago. There's some advancements in technologies that makes it easier, but at the same time, there's a consumer expectation level for a shoe like I used to run in EVA shoes like 10, 15 years ago, the feel of the sole underneath your foot was just the shape of the midsole because the foams all felt the same. Mm-hmm. Now we're going into this like nuanced like era of running shoes where people can feel the difference between durometers through energy return through all this stuff. And so coming in and testing and developing something to me at this point, while it may be easier with technology, it's harder with like the demand of what the product's going to be at the finish. Yes. Yeah, I agree. That's the standard of running shoes is, has definitely raised just in the past five years. I think what people expect from their shoe or of their shoe is much higher than it was, you know, in the early 2000s even. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's definitely that. For us, the, the biggest challenge was around deciding what those durometers were, right? We're, we're using two different components. They're they work in tandem. It's not like one is, is working by itself without the other. So that was a lot of our testing was around, okay, this should be this hardness and this can be this hardness and, you know, tweaking that up and down um, to get the right, um, the sing together. Why not just use one uh, block of 
of P-backs or a dual density foam? Why do it in the kind of like sandwich so, format? So I think for us, bringing that special foam close to foot was the, was the goal. So getting that pine, pine needle feeling only is only allowed when your foot is touching it directly. So if we had hidden that underneath the strobo board, you know, in a mold, you wouldn't have that, that sensation right next to your foot. So that's, that's a big one. Final check-in. How great does it feel to finish a run and know that you've got your workout in, especially if it was a hard workout, and then you go and you look at your Strava or whatever, and you're either super proud of the work you did or you're like, dang, wish it was a little faster. But the point is that you need to focus on the long-term goal, not the short-term goal, and look at your fitness growing over time. The more work you put in, the more time you put in, the more that fitness grows, Runs get easier, paces get quicker, hopefully. And then your enjoyment also goes up. So enjoy it, finish up the run, and uh, hit the showers. How many millimeters yeah. is the insole again? So this is about 10 millimeters okay. thick. Okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, so, that's... So a typical <laughs> insole is maybe two or three, right. maybe four uh, millimeters. So it's thick. like ha- so it's, it's, yeah. it's having uh, five insoles in your, in your shoe almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Double stuff Oreo. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. you get, you're getting a lot more of, of that special foam underfoot. Um, and then they're working in tandem, right? You, you want that soft feeling when you step in, but you want a bit of energy return as you're running down the street. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, you talked a little bit about um, kind of the production, the at least producing the midsole materials and everything like that. But then let's talk about this isn't a mass, quote unquote, mass produced shoe, right? Like how many units would... I don't, I don't know if I can get into okay, the exact okay, units. Right, right. It's not but as yes, many as like it. smaller than But it's than a lot. It's pretty about. small. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I guess what I'm trying to get to is um, we, we talked about the price yeah. earlier. We well, said, we, I mean, I think that's the whole point is, you know, there's lots of options out there. You can go to DSW and you can pick up yourself a shoe for relatively affordable prices. Yes. And you can get some really good shoes. There, nowadays, there's some really good running shoes. At very affordable prices, which, you know, I think are reasonable. You know, I'm, I'm talking about 100 to 120. You can get yourself a good good shoe. Right, definitely. I do feel that for some reason in the running community, there isn't as much, like, if you go to buy a car, you know that you can get a Honda Civic and it's going to get you the same place as a BMW 320 or whatever. About the same, carries the same amount of people. It's the experience of what you're going to get out of that car and whether you're willing to pay for the difference. The quality, right? Yeah, and so it doesn't have to be, not everybody has to get a BMW, but that option's out there for those of people who want it. I feel like in shoes, people get angry if it doesn't fall into like, it's a daily trainer, it should be between 120 and 150, high-end 180, without considering some of the factors that go into it. And, you know, yes, Design elements aren't going to necessarily help you experience running better when when you're in it, but it may add to the enjoyment of the overall experience of being a runner. Additionally, there's a smaller amount of these shoes coming out, so to make one of these costs more. Yeah, I mean, this, that's just like the Costco model, right? If you mm-hmm. buy a big jug of mayonnaise, it's going to be cheaper per ounce than a small one. I think that's the that's uh, the truth, but... 
Yes, I think the 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 bigger story is around the ingredients of the yeah, soup, right? The pee bags. What's, what's put into it, um, and how it feels, right? I feel like there is a difference. You will feel a difference between driving a Civic and driving a BMW in your metaphor. And I think we do have a shoe that has a, a significant difference in terms of how it feels when you run in it. So an elevated experience. That's what we're hoping for. Yeah. All right. I mean, I've I've run in the shoe. We've run in plenty of shoes. I have to say, for me, I do enjoy the shoe. I think it is, uh, as far as a daily trainer, it hits the mark where I would think you guys are trying to go. Um, it is one of those shoes that you can use for just about everything. Recently, we did a trip to Houston. I knew I was going to do a shakeout with Tracksmith. Of course, I'm going to wear uh, Thank you. Tracks missed you. you know, <laughs> yeah, try to try to look on brand when we're out there. Um, and you know, I'm running in it. I'm running with Kafuzi, and I'm sure you're familiar with Mike. And, yeah, um, Meadow. Yep. Okay, in Chicago. All right, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mike's enjoying the shoe. We're running it, and of course, we get into talking about it. We're comparing notes and stuff. And the thing that I noticed the most though that was Mike was going from shakeout run to shakeout run and doing extra miles while he was in. Um, texas and additionally traveling and he had this shoe for pretty much all of it he was always on the move too yeah <laughs> all day yeah yeah that's on everywhere um and and that is the i think one of the benefits of the shoes that i found is that it really is that shoe that you want like you don't mind wearing it to the airport you don't mind you know ha- when it's time to go out to dinner with your friends on a traveling trip to have this shoe you know, you don't want to show up in your vapor flies or whatever, but, uh, you know, it, it does that, but it also functionally was comfortable all day long for running in and getting miles in. So I think that if that's the goal, it hits. I think that when we were talking about price and I'm probably rambling here, but the <laughs> things, right. <rather, laughs> um, when we talk about price, I do feel like people start to think that there needs to be like to justify a $200 price, there needs to be a plate or there needs to be, uh, some proprietary technology that you can't get anywhere else, or you need to see Kipchoge run sub two hours in it or something like that. I mean, do you feel like in this particular case, one that it's the smaller company and the lower uh, amount of um, quantity that's being purchased, or is this a tracksmith thing where like, this is the price point where we want to be. And this is where we see our brand and the consumers that are going to purchase our brand. Where do you feel it falls in there? I mean, I think as a brand, we're all about quality in general, right? I feel like we could make the, have this same discussion about a lot of our products in terms of price point or um, price differences between other brands. But to me, it's really about delivering the highest quality product that we can. Um, I would say it's it's still within the range of premium daily training shoes as, as we see it today. Um, but it's re- for us, it's really about the ingredients, making sure they're the top notch, making sure they work for the runner and the quality is there. I think that's, that's what we, that's what we feel. Lifespan on this shoe, you think? So lifespan, I think is equal to a, a traditional trainer. Um, it's hard to give a quote of, of miles, but most people think around 400 miles is, is a, a good average for a daily training shoe. And I think we're there with this, um, we can head towards the future. We, we, we saw how much uh, importance is in the sock liner. I think there are some options there with, with you know extending the life of the shoe and thinking about what that might look like as well. So, so you're saying we'll to make it more, uh, what would you call it, sustainable? Yeah. That you could, because see, I already, I already thought of this one. I was like, if Tracksmith has this one for pine needles, you could have this one for a different Ooh, surface. Like you that. know, you could basically have like, yeah, you could walk into Tracksmith and say, which 
which field do you I like want? Wood chips. Uh, yeah, on <laughs> like on top. Yeah, as far as density of the of the sock liner, it could be interchangeable. So, I like that. with it being a component that you can take out, I mean, if the shoe's holding up, would I be able to get a replacement sock liner? Maybe extend the shoe for another, I don't know, hundred miles. Yeah, we're, we're we're really looking into that. Um, we've done some testing around it and want to do a bit more testing before committing to to giving an answer to that statement. But I do think there's an opportunity there to, you know, whether it's replacing this or another another hardness, I think there's some, you know, op- opportunity options in the future of how this shoe might might run differently or run for a longer time. So why, we're talking custom tuning. Yeah, why don't people do that or shoe companies do that more often? I'm guessing it's not as profitable, but... <laughs> but it's definitely, also, definitely expensive. But yeah. also, um, yeah, I mean, or just in general, runners... Like, what are you thinking, like... Just swapping out, like putting in a thick, thick insole to get extra life out of the shoe. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it, it 10 millimeters would make a big difference if you were switching out. Like, yeah, I don't know how long this is. Uh, you felt this is pretty firm. It's not like this is going to compress too much. Right, right. And then adding a new sock liner on top of it would be like refreshing. What's what's the full stack on it with the sock liner? So a full you, stack, I think it's 33 and a half in the heel. Yeah, yeah, okay. Which is because you don't see it, it doesn't look like a very high. It has that sleeker exactly, silhouette yeah. of a traditional shoe. Right. So it kind of also disguises that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really fascinating for me to see this step. And I even, like my Tracksmith box, I was like, I saved it because I was like, who knows where Tracksmith <laughs> goes in the future? Like if I could have had the first Nike release <laughs> shoe and tucked it away in a box and, and had it in nice shape, 30, 40 years later, 50 <laughs> years later, I guess they're at 50 yep. years now. That would be sick. I'm, I'm saving all my samples too, right? I yeah. Archive, man. A thing full of samples in there. So the Tracksmith Museum. <laughs> I'll auction those off when I'm, you know, 80. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it. Um, so it, it seems to be well received by the Tracksmith community so far, right? Yeah, so far I think the feedback's been generally positive yeah you know there's always people who are poking holes in the in the story but generally i think we've had pretty good reviews so far so what is the do you have one that has been like thrilling to get back or an athlete that you admire and respect and you heard back and he likes it or and conversely what was one of the ones that you're like cold water in the face i mean i'm i'm loving all the the uh you're getting some big outlets that are covering the shoe you know Forbes had an article. Oh, dude, I opened my Esquire magazine. Esquire, (laughs) I saw saw it right there. You have print magazines? Yeah, man. I'm an old school (laughs) guy. Yeah, Yeah, you like to flip the pages? Me too. I do too. Nice. (laughs) I just rely on the Tracksmith catalog. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm really excited about you know the great coverage we've gotten so far, and I think it's this is just a step in the direction the brand is going. So talking about where we're going in the future and how we're becoming a more global brand, I think that's that's the big story here. So really excited about that. Yeah. Nice. Um, and do you think that, I know you kind of hinted at more footwear in the future. Is that something, is that something that's possible? Definitely possible. All right. I would say this, you know, we're, we're committing to footwear in general. Right. So, so, so yeah. it is a, bit, a part of the model going forward, you, you would think. For sure. Okay. You know, we're, we're taking feedback now. Shoes just got in people's closets. Um, we want to know what people think. And now we're, we're a footwear brand. So, yeah. yeah. So what is... It's interesting seeing Tracksmith come from just um, how long have you been around now? Is it 2014? Like, it, it's about the 12 brand, years. The brand. Yeah. Think, ten, right? ten year anniversary 10 next, next year. Okay. okay. So I have a pair of Van Cortland shorts 
that are at least nine years old. And you talk about quality. They're like, still, they're still, they're still up, right? I still use them. <laughs> the elastic and the, you know, the liner is still as snappy as ever. Like I have to say there's two products that I've gotten that I got or when the companies originally came out. One was a CLA hat that still yep. is still a great. Sh- it smells a little weird, but yeah. <laughs> um, but like in my Van Court, my Navy blue, Van, they're actually, I love the color of them now because they're, they're like, um, there's like a patina on them that's like kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't want to get too into my shorts. I like that. But yeah, I, like I, I love them. Yeah. It's my favorite short, hands down, period. Like you like the Brighton base layer. Van Cortland. I know the Van Cortland, that's all I wear like five days out of the week in the summertime. I'll yeah. wear those things four days in a row and it's disgusting, but I don't. <laughs> See, I don't do that. I don't do that. I do rinse them. Do you smell, right? Ravi doesn't think he smells. And, and I have to say, he's well, coming with a base layer. <laughs> Here's my here's my thing. Too. I'm like going out for a run. I'm not talking to anyone. I'm just going out for a run, Doing coming home, yeah. and I don't care if I smell. I respect that. <laughs> I don't but know. Whatever. I, I, it's I, disgusting. <laughs> I get it. I do some long riding, and there's a couple guys who don't wash their uh, kits. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, and yeah. you'll be drafted behind them. I'll be well, like, that's, no, that's, well, with the wind. Yeah, Hell. and like my eyes are watering. And stuff. All right, see, I, I would I would wash that for you. Actually, right, you know what? I want. No, you wouldn't. You did on purpose. Break it down. And the, the other ones, the turnover tights, that's the, in the wintertime, go-to. you can't beat that. Yeah, but definitely, if I had to pick one piece, it's Van Cortland shorts. What's your go-to? I don't know. I'm, I'm rocking the turtlenecks lately. I'm really into like it, to the Fells turtlenecks, and I've got my wind block on today. I, it's um, too bad the Fells isn't named after Fells Point, mm-hmm. where we are right now. Ooh. It's yeah. a different, different Fells, but. Yeah. yeah. We should get a Fells Point one. It should just be a little dirtier, and, Ooh. you know. Oh, we, di- we didn't talk about the name of the Elliot Runner because yeah, I've what? seen three different variations on why it's called that. Go ahead. So what's the variation? Is so it the Elliot bar? Elliot is it Lounge is, 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 the, the, bar? Okay. is the original. That's where the, the hair, his name is Elliot. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's where the inspiration came from originally. There are okay. some other you know trails and things that are named after with the, with a similar name. But yeah. Elliot Lounge is. So that's Where's the Elliot Lounge? Well. It's closed. Okay. Oh. So it was a famous lounge that all runners went to after the Boston Marathon back in the day. It was, you know, all, all this sounds like an opportunity, yeah. business opportunity, right? I don't know where it, where it stands today, but to my knowledge, it's closed. Um, and we kind of pay pay homage to it through through the naming, Dude, through kind of our, our aesthetic. We need in the to store buy as that. Well. We need to buy. It no, I mean, all our all our uh, apparel is named after Baltimore stuff. So. I like that. We do the same. I live right around the corner. I don't know if we talked about that yet. I know yeah. you did. Your neighbor moved in next to me. Your oh, yeah. neighbor uh, is Our former now, neighbor. Yeah. 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 Our daughters are best friends. So I did not know crazy. that. Yeah. That's You'll have to come over then. Of course. I've been, I've been there before. I didn't know okay. you lived there, though. Yeah. I'm his next door neighbor. That's awesome. Yeah. So Are they good neighbors or what? So or far. I've been, <laughs> I haven't really gotten tight with them. You tell me. No, they're good. They're okay. Great. They're great people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah Baltimore, Smalltimore. It's, it's a tiny place. So... What's next? What's the next year that we're going to see? Can you divulge any information on at least what category, like tempo, race day? Because we've got the daily. Just name a couple more categories. Oh, uh, you would have recovery. Yep. You'd have tempo. Yep. You would have race day. It's in one. It's in in that arena. So it's one of each. Oh, I'm just saying <laughs> it's, it's one of those maybe. <laughs> I, I just wanted the list to get longer so that they you have know. more <laughs> ambiguity. I get you, but we're, we're we're working on it. You know, we're like I said, we're we're taking in the feedback now from this first launch. So far, so good. 
Um, and we're going to build upon that with, with what comes next. So. And is it true that Matt moved to London for the year? That is true. I don't know for how long, <laughs> but he is in London. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. Some of throughout a year. What a, yeah. yeah. So we have a store opening there. I think he's there to yeah, we went you know, out be, there. be on the ground and, and see things through. Um, it's in a really posh part of London, too. It's yeah. really nice. What would you equate it to? What kind of? Um, okay, so there was. I haven't on, been yet. On the way that. to the shakeout. Yep. I ran past like a Rolex, like flagship store, a like Piaget, like uh, all these different. And there's actually one designer, like a a guy who's like kind of looks like Iggy Pop a little bit. Okay. His store is like right two doors down from the uh, Tracksmith store. Able to run from the Tracksmith store to a beautiful park. I forget the name of the park. Uh, it like just re- regions, maybe something probably like something like that. Sounds like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's 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 magical. It's like what you dream London would be like. It's, it's if you were going there, like if you hadn't been there before. Yeah, it's a yeah. T- it's a tiny street. Everything's clean. You know, it's just it's just nice. You'll you'll dig it. Nice. Yeah, I got to get out there for sure. Yeah. Um. So I did. I was doing a little research okay. while you're talking here. So yes, the Elliott um, Lounge. So it closed in 1996, actually. Um, <laughs> I have to read this. It says the culture in Boston was changing around the Elliott. No longer could massive horn sections pack inside the small bar for impromptu performances. Horn sections. He he got a big kick of inviting all of college march all of the college marching bands that came into town, Clemson and Stanford, and they just come to the bar and play. Uh, no longer was it no big deal for a horse to walk into his bar and be fed white Russians by Tommy and his friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see that. Uh, and so in September of 96, they closed. But here's the crazy thing. Despite the Elliot being part of Boston's past, Tommy Leonard continues to be a present, le- a present legend. He founded the Falmouth Road Race in 1973. Oh, so you know what? That that's we, Well, circle. I think we met him. Did you? Yeah, because he was at the... Oh, you weren't there this year. Yeah. So this year we moved. Remember how we were in the firehouse for the start? Mm-hmm. Now we're, we were in the bar across the street. That might be his bar. And there's a sense. plaque on the wall for something. But yeah, I think I think maybe he moved his bar to Falmouth. Uh, maybe. I don't know. But he's like older now. But yeah, he's definitely an older guy. Yeah. So that's pretty wild. I, get that. I mean, that's a pretty good leg- uh, right. life legacy. Leg- legacy there. Life yeah. legend, I don't know what I'm saying. And the cool <laughs> thing about the Falmouth, have you been to Falmouth? I haven't yet. I, okay. I saw it this summer. I was like, I should, I should oh, be dude. there. It is there. like, it's all the Boston brands are there. So you had Tracksmith people there. You had New Balance. Yeah. You had Asics. You had like like a little smattering of everybody. You'd be like, oh, I, I know that dude. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of that. Nice. It's, um, it's a cool race. He did pass away in 2019. He was so, not oh, at Falmouth last year. Indeed. Unless you, you maybe you're being haunted and you didn't He know. might have been on the plaque, though, outside the restaurant. That could be. I'm pretty sure he, he was is. there in spirit, for sure. Yeah. That's awesome, though. Because there's a plaque to the founder right outside the restaurant. Man, that looked like a cool bar to hang out at. That would have been right? rad to, yeah, just party Horse, there. Horses and you know marching what? bands. Right? I got an idea. All three of us are here in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. We're in sort of the bar district. Yeah. yeah. Elliott Lounge. Yeah, let's make one. We can make it happen. Yeah. There might be some things available down there. Yeah. We could always just throw. <laughs> sure a, there are. We could throw a sign out front every Thursday. Elliot Lounge. Got to get the license. Yeah. Oh man. But, All right. Well, this is exciting stuff. We are definitely interested in seeing what you come up with next, guys. We're gonna. If you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, we're doing a little video where Brent goes over the shoe with Robbie and breaks it down and gives us all the details of why this is a special shoe. All right. One of the things I love is you guys did incorporate a gusseted tongue. I don't even know if you call that a gusseted tongue. What do you call it when it goes all the way down, like 
over the sock. I think the the simple name is a half booty. So it's like a half booty, a full lining inside that's attached to the the tongue. There we go. It's a seamless forefoot. I'm normally a full booty guy, but I'll. I'll I'm a half booty guy. <laughs> I like I love these half booties, um, <laughs> but it does. It creates a nice sensation and also lets you have, a, I guess, a lighter weight material on the, uh, on the uh, upper. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well done. I'm enjoying getting some miles in these. I'll let Robbie go over the shoe with you and uh, look for that on YouTube. All right, cool. I love it. Thank you, guys. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. All right, so that wraps it up. Always good to have a neighbor in the house. Yep. Oh, Brent. I actually tried to go to his house to work the other morning. Which is weird. I, I, that's like the thing about accepting like fishing trips and stuff. Robbie just gets real comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he did come and work at our office before, so I thought there was a little bit of uh, uh, leverage there. Yeah. Back and forth. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I mean, I was just like, because it was the day I rode my bike in and you... I think you were late. I was coming in late. Coming in late, and I didn't. And know. Robbie didn't have his keys. <laughs> yeah, because my keys are on my car keychain, uh, and it's like the one day I ride my bike in. And I also <laughs> know how frustrated you get when things don't work the I way know. you like. I was actually surprised that you didn't melt down. I, d- I actually purposefully zenned myself in that situation and was aware, uh, self-aware, and I was like, "Look at it from an optimistic point of view. I can." Get another mile of bike riding in and exercise on a beautiful January morning. I expected Robbie to be livid because he's like, I spent an hour trying to get on the internet. <laughs> I, yeah, I've tried to roll with the punches it. more. Yeah. And so, but I actually, in the moment, I uh, texted Brent about coming. And he actually said I could, but I had already gone to the library. So. Yeah. Anyways, but so thanks for that, Brent, even though it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. And then also, as long as we're throwing thanks out, thanks to everybody who participated in Grit and came yeah. out for the Oregon Ridge Sufferfest. And of course, I, I feel like we haven't been consistent with this, but thanking Brandon for producing the um, podcast. Yeah, definitely. Do you guys want me to read a review? Oh, yeah, yeah, always. Okay, so this one came in this week. Oh, wow. It says, um, this is from Marathon Mike 67 Gave us five stars. Mm. Titled it, Feels Like Sitting Down with Old Friends. After the past several months of using these podcasts to get through my long runs, I'm a total fanboy, except the episode they mentioned Baby Shark in the middle of my run. (laughs) Yeah, The first segment of the show reminds me of catching up with old friends. The different directions Thomas or Robbie can take the conversation is sure to cause a chuckle. It's just as funny to hear Megan try to reel them back in. The second segment is sure to either leave you inspired in some way, excited to be a part of the running community, and almost relieved to know that elite or non-elite we all have similar struggles thank you for what you do it did feel like a celebrity sighting for me when i saw megan and thomas in houston i didn't know what to do so there was an awkward fist bump with thomas (laughs) even my kids who do not run knew who they were that's (laughs) That's crazy that's cool uh we love the awkward fist bump yeah yeah thanks do you remember it do you remember the awkward fist bump there i have to say i'm sorry mike i don't there was so many awkward fist bumps (laughs) yeah but yours was the best. I mean, because here's like I saw there's people wearing the grit shirt and they weren't coming up and saying hello. But I'm like, if you're wearing the grit shirt. Yeah. I'm going to give you a, a knuckle bump yeah. just because like. I, I think people are weird. Yeah. I still can't get past that. Yeah. Where I'm like, um, when the people we, we're on the show, like we're the same in real life. 
And we're just normal people. Yeah, but I, yeah. I still say... So that, don't feel weird about it. Yeah. I, I get it, though. Like, I don't want to talk to people sometimes. Not not, not in this situation. I'm saying people, when yeah. I'm in that position, it's like, yeah, what, what am I going to say? That's, that is that weird thing where you're like, even if... Uh, like, if you go to a show and there's, like, a band, you're like, oh, so how's tour going yeah like it's going yeah that's why the knuckle bump is great <laughs> like boom yeah good to see true. you um but yeah so that that's great five is the most you can give as far as a review so yeah thanks mike yeah and don't worry if you want to write a crappy one and you've obviously listened this far so you're dedicated <laughs> go ahead we'll read those too yeah mm-hmm. yeah All right. we won't like it but we'll do it yeah all right robbie any, any closing comment from you Nope, just keep up the good work. Um, I don't know who I'm talking to, but do, do that. But you, you that was keep the up last the good tip. Work. That was the last tip for the run. Okay, we did we did get a new uh, person in, in on our team today, so oh, I want to yeah. give a little shout out to Helen for joining our team. It's going to be exciting. Megan's coming on full time, which sounds weird, but because she is kind of full time, but it's we'll full, explain full it. Time. We'll send full, out a press double release. time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, hi mom. Peace.